Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For a breakfast corn cereal, you'll really go for Eat Kicks, crunchy puffs of real energy-rich corn. And now, Kicks, that winning American corn cereal presents... The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Brett Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of Murder at Lighthouse Mary's. To keep going, to keep winning, you need plenty of that good old American energy. Corn helps give you the energy that makes you the pacemaker, the front runner in the day's race. So every breakfast, eat kicks that winning American corn cereal. Kicks is not flakes, but crunchy puffs of energy rich corn. No wonder Kick stays so crisp in milk or cream. You can pour plenty on and get those important milk vitamins plus real corn energy. Yes, for that head start you want on a power-packed day, try an accelerating, kicksulating breakfast. Enjoy super delicious, nourishing corn kicks. Kicks is our winner. Lighthouse Mary was elderly, leathery-faced, and usually blurry-eyed. The sensationally lurid cafe to which she had given her name had become a waterfront rendezvous, the most notorious and most popular after-dark spot in town. But there were times when Lighthouse Mary pondered this new public acceptance, and today was one of them. She sat at a table in the now-empty cafe, fingering a glass of colorless liquid, and looking sourly at the foppish man opposite her. He was Lundy Bertie Linden. Bertie, I was running a nice, easy-going skid joint till I let you sell me the idea of turning this place into a boob trap. Darling, is there no pleasing you? I'm only making you a fortune. (laughs) So what? We can't keep going on like this without somebody getting wise. Who are usually here when we make our plays, Mary? Smart people. These smart people slumming. Have they suspected anything? No. <laughs> Instead, we've been using them as a cloak. Yeah. We're smart, too. You are. That's no reason you gotta bring a party of newspaper guys in tonight. Just when we're expecting a shipment. The bunch from the Daily Sentinel? <laughs> oh, precious, they're only composing room workers. Giving a bachelor dinner for one of their own. Mm-hmm. They'll just be looking for fun. They're still newspaper people. Looking for fun or anything else. Besides, that, uh, that Reed fella's gonna be here, too. You said so. Oh, Britt Reed's the publisher, my sweet. Has to do the Lord of the Manor Act, you know. Drop in when the menials have their frolic, 
cheer them with a pip-pip and a toast, then take off and... Lay off the phony English line and and pass the bottle. (laughs) Oh, my adorable. Reed won't be here long, I promise. I'll dog his path every second he's here tonight and chase him. Besides, you worry about reporters, not publishers. In his office at the Sentinel, Britt Reed was preparing to leave for the day. Well, there, Miss Case, that does it. No more letters? No, sir. Oh, look at Axford over there, asleep. That's right, Cassie. I was just resting the spell. I'm going to the composer room party tonight, and I'm strong enough to be strength. You're going to that party, aren't you, Mr. Reed? Yes, and with no pleasure. At Lighthouse Mary's. Why couldn't they hold it at one of the hotels? Because Lighthouse Mary's the most popular place in town, that's why. It's got color. Mm. So is a black widow spider or poison ivy. I've been told it's a real exciting place. It is. Excitement from the time you come in till you leave. When the customers don't fight, Mary and her bouncer gorilla start things ripping oh. and then... Maybe I've seen too many gangster movies, but I'd love to visit a place like that. You'd you'd really like to go, Miss Case? I hope you don't think I'm silly, but I would, sometimes. Well, then we'll make it tonight. What? Don't say no. The boys will feel honored to have you drop in on their party. So, what do you say? The three of us go together? Sounds great to me. Okay, Casey? Oh, yes. I'm speechless. Thank you, Mr. Reed. I'll call for you at home about nine, Miss Case. You be ready before then, Axford? If I button me vest, I'll be ready now. <laughs> Better wear your storm clothes, Casey. It looks like a bad night tonight. Ten miles from the city and a few miles offshore, a motor-driven lobster boat tossed fitfully on the crest of the towering fog-capped wave. Its ghost-like outline could scarcely be seen in the fog that poured over it. Two men in charge of the small crew stood at the stern of the vessel, peering intently. Not at an object, but at something expected. John, this trip is no good. Augie, all I know is we got orders. We're off the right part of the channel. We stay here till the Rexonia passes. But the Coast Guard... Forget about the Coast Guard. They got other fish to... Hear that? The giant ocean liner, Rexonia, plowed through the mountains of water in a field of fog, slowly but relentlessly. Searchlights stabbed the murky grayness. Suddenly, they picked up a lobster boat to the starboard. For a few fleeting seconds, they held the vessel within their frames, then reached out to grab the darkness ahead. As the magnificent greyhound of the sea plunged forward through the night, the two men on the lobster boat, John and Augie, held tightly to the side rail and peered once more into the swirling, rolling fog cloud. Augie, if our man was on that ship, he saw us. Yeah, but I didn't see anything go over the side. How could she? Wait. It'll take minutes yet before the flares light up. And this sea's Augie, plenty. There's a flare! 20 degrees off the port side! John, get to the package as quick as you can. We gotta get it back to the motorboat so we can take it to Lighthouse Maggie's tonight. Lighthouse Mary's over there. Why, you What's happening over there? Here, Miss Case. Stand beside me. Don't get excited, Casey. Stand to the side. And I'm telling you for the last time. If you come back, I'll beat your head in with a blame. I won't be back. No. Now get out of here. Gorilla. Hey, Gorilla. 
And don't give it a thought, Casey. That act goes on every hour. They're making atmosphere for the uptown people. You'll see. Uh, don't look like Mary's at the door. The lighthouse Mary, after the frenzy of words and fists outside, had come back into the cafe and was standing near the bar when Reed, Axford, and Miss Case entered. Bertie Lydon hurried over to her. Mary, that's Britt Reed coming in the door with a girl and another man. Uh, and Axford... I know him. I thought you said there'd be no reporters. I didn't expect any. I'll get rid of him, too. Mary, that fellow over by the window. There's something funny about him. Tell Grilla to watch him. Grilla is. I've been watching that guy myself. Bertie, you see that Reed gets out of here in a hurry. If the Rexoni is on time, John and Augie ought to be due here any minute now. John and Augie had changed from the lobster boat to an outboard. And at that minute, they were leaving the bay and heading into the mouth of the river. John, you sure you know where we're heading? Forget the fog, will you? I made this trip a hundred times. Where are we now? At the foot of the river. I'm going to pull the motor now on account of the police boat. You suppose Mary and the gang will put on a big riot tonight for a cover-up? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They most always do. Britt Reed had made a speech, toasted the guest, exchanged a few words with the men at the party, and now that Miss Case had done the same, they and Axford prepared to make their departure. Mr. Reed, who's that Bertie person? He's been on our necks all evening. I can't make out who he is. Oh! oh what's the matter, Miss Case? That man over there, the one Grilla's pushing. He was trying to... Oh, oh that brute Grilla! Hey, hey, I told you to get out of here! Now get and stay away from the window. Well, that man was on his way over no. here to us. I know. Oh, stay with the rest of something in his freak. eyes and manners that made him... Oh, I say. More fun, huh? It looks like another set to what? Grilla's cracking another skull. A oh, strong, quaint Grilla. Oh, say, Reed, must you be leaving? Very happily. You ready, Miss Case? Oh, yes. Yeah. Please, let's go before anything... Hey, that motorboat. Yes? You don't expect the sound of one on a night like tonight. Look... There's a fight starting back by the window. What? Another? I don't see any fight. But there is. Fight! Mary! Grilla! Fight! Don't do it, Grilla! Stop him! All right, man! <laughs> I love this. Hit him, Grilla! Hit that one and well, him I think that birdie man is crazy. I don't like this, Axford. This is a free-for-all. Come along, Miss Case. Please. Please get me out of here. I'll lead you up. Axford, you there? Back here, Reed. I'm going to put on my pocket flashlight. Follow me and keep close to the wall. There's a side exit. Can you see? Yes, Mr. Reed. Just keep the light plate on the floor. This way, Miss Case. Ah, here's the side door. You all right, Axford? So far I am. Casey, I take back what I said about an axe. Axford. Axford. Oh, there you are. We better get around the front. I think we'd better hurry. What? That's Casey. I thought she was right behind you. Mr. Reed. Mr. Reed. Back there. 
case. What's the matter? That, Easy now. That man, the one I told you about, I must have turned the wrong way and I... I tripped over him. He was dead. Dead? The man Grillo was just pushing around? Yes, yes. He's back there. Back by the door. Give me that light, Reed. Here. Thanks. I'll take a look and see what happened to him. The knife is sticking. Oh, that poor man. Steady, Miss Case. In his eyes. Oh, you should have seen his eyes. How's Casey getting along, Reed? I'm all right. Did, did you find it? I mean, him. You must have been imagining things, Casey. There's no sign of a body back there. We'll continue our story in just a moment. One more shot, Mac. You've got a chance for a perfect score. Bullseye. That makes you the champion pistol shot of the police department. Nice going. Thanks, Pat. Say, it's almost time for chow. Come on, I'll buy your lunch as a consolation prize. Swell. Let's go to Joe's. He's got the best corn chowder in town. Yes, most every American working at every kind of job has a favorite corn dish. Of all the fine foods on the American menu, in fact, energy-building corn is the most truly American food of all. Know why? It's because corn, the corn you get for breakfast in kicks, is the only native American grain. Why, look back as far as Indian days, and you'll find that corn was the fighting energy food of the Indians and later, the winning energy food of tireless pioneers. Of course, you want corn, too, as an important part of your diet. So start your day with a bowl full of kicks. You'll really go for corn-sweet kicks. Kicks, you know, isn't flat, soggy flakes. Kicks is corn popped into roasted, toasted puffs. Crisp, crunchy, delicious. Why, kicks stays crisp no matter how much milk or cream you pour on. And a bowl of kicks topped with dewy fresh raspberries, for instance, is a breakfast you'll want every day. You can eat and let the youngsters eat all they want, too, because kicks is rich in corn energy. Try kicks for breakfast soon and often. You'll get a kick out of kicks. <laughs> Now to continue our story. There had been no sleep for Britt Reed that night. When he got to the office next morning, he didn't expect Miss Case to be present, but she was as usual. They were in Britt's office now, reviewing the events of the night before. That man's face impressed me the first minute I saw him. You remember? And then I... Oh, I know I saw him. He was dead. There's no sign of a body anywhere. Police even dragged the river around Lighthouse Mary's. Why haven't they closed that place before this? There's not much against it. Just a nuisance charge. Well, isn't that enough? Mary has important customers who go to bat for her. Men like that Bertie Lydon, I suppose. Oh, what a weird character he is. The way he plunged into that fight. I keep thinking of that myself. There's something about it I've been trying to figure out. Oh, Axford. Well, Commissioner Higgins. Come in, Commissioner. Read. Get your ears ready for what we got to tell you. You too, Casey. Well, what is it, Axford? We found your man, Casey. I identified him. It was like you said, all right. He was dead. Stabbed. Well, where'd you find the body, Commissioner? In the river? No, Reed, in the woods, up near Raven Park. Eighteen miles from Lighthouse Mary's. Oh, one of her men, Grilla, maybe, must have taken it there. Yeah, that wasn't possible, Miss Case. 
Everyone in that gang, Mary and Grilla included, were in cells 20 minutes after the fight started. They couldn't have made Raven Park and back in that time. But that's not the important thing. That fella looked like a down-and-outer, the dead one, I mean. Well, wasn't he? No, he was in disguise. His name was Phillips. And he was a government agent. What? That's right, Reed. An undercover man. On a case involving international gem smugglers. When Commissioner Higgins had left and Axford had gone to the city room, the Nora case turned immediately to Britt Reed. I was right, Mr. Reed. That man Phillips was coming over to us when Grilla got hold of him. You know, he, he might have known you by sight, or maybe realized that we were from a newspaper. And Grilla or Mary must have known or sensed who he was. So that's why they grabbed him. That makes sense. But it was Bertie who took us over while that happened. That's right. Just before the fight started. But in this case, there was no fight before Bertie began to yell. What? You mean that that was a cue to start one? A yell? Yes. Let's see now. I heard a motorboat. Right after that man, Phillips. There it is. That's what's been jiggling around in my brain. I wonder... I'm going to discuss this with Commissioner Higgins. Commissioner, Bertie Lydon's the man you're looking for. Question those prisoners about last night's riot, but meanwhile, get out a warrant for Lydon and have him picked up. It's too late, Reed. He just put up bail for Lighthouse Mary and Grilla. They walked out. Bertie Lydon, he went directly to the ship. To the ship? What ship? The Rexonia. It arrived last night and sails again at midnight tonight. Bertie Lydon has passage on it. We've got to keep him from sailing. I wish we could, but we can't. The Rexonia is not an American ship, Reed, nor is Lydon American. Well, can't we phone the State Department to do something? On what concrete evidence? No, no, Reed. Maybe if you get the evidence, extradition will be possible later. But what about now? Reed, at this point, the police are handcuffed. When that happens, I know only one person who might help them. I was thinking the same thing. That person might know Bertie Lydon was on the Rexonia. He might like to know that our men trailed Lighthouse Mary after she was bailed out. If he did, he'd learn she's back at her cafe. The building is closed to the public. But she's there. Thank you, Commissioner. Britt Reed was at home a short time later. When he came out of his room attired in a black suit, Cato handed him a slip of paper. Cato, his valet, and co-worker with the Green Hornet. Well, here are the telephone numbers you want, Mr. Reed. Oh, thanks, Cato. Let's see. Lighthouse Mary's. And the shore-to-ship number of the Rexonia. <clears throat> uh, I, I say, Cato, old thing, would it tickle you if I were to speak like this? <laughs> say, well, that's good, Mr. Britt. Like an Englishman on stage. That, I hope, is like Archie sounds. <clears throat> but uh, what if I was to change my voice and beat your ears with a delivery like this? <laughs> Why you do this, Mr. Britt? Rehearsing for two telephone calls, Cato. Here goes the first. It's to Lighthouse Mary. Our two calls are finished. Cato, I think we got away with them. We'll have two keys to our mystery at Lighthouse Mary's in half an hour. Now to find out what they unlock. You make good voices, Mr. Britt. Will you go now? Yes. I've got my mask and gun. Come on, Cato. 
Remember, Cato, put your call in in exactly ten minutes after you hear the motorboat. Yes, Mr. Uh, Green. Patrolman Ed Kelly, standing in front of Lighthouse Mary's, heard the faintest sound near the door behind him. The fog was thick, but he walked unerringly to the spot where a voice, seemingly from nowhere, spoke with a gun pressed against his ribs. Stand right where you are, copper. Don't move. Let's take your gun. Now step inside this door. A mask. You're wearing a... You're the Green Hornet. Right. And believe me when I say I'm on your side. Oh, sure you are. Pulling a caper like this. I'm going to tell you what I plan to do. You'll get your gun back after you promise your cooperation. The Green Hornet told Patrolman Kelly exactly what he planned. His sincerity and the promise of a good arrest convinced the policeman. Okay, Hornet. I'll go along with you. You say you'll prove your story in ten minutes. We'll do that. But when the ten minutes are up, I'll be after you, too. That's fair enough. It's a deal. Here's your gun. Lighthouse Mary, standing at the trellised window in the rear of her cafe, heard the sound of the muffled motor nearing the piles below. She reached out and unfastened a hook on the side of the trellis. As the trellis unlatched, the extension slid from behind it and descended sharply towards the water to stop short of the crest. It formed a perfect ladder. A few seconds later, Bertie Lydon climbed up and entered the room through the window. Like a deuced monkey climbing that. Uh, better than a trap door, like the cops always look for. Oh, don't I know? I laughed so last night during that fight. Everyone swinging or running, and no one paying the least attention to you and me helping John and Augie through the window with the loop. Yeah, yeah, but skip it. What is it you want? Me? What is it you want? I couldn't make out what it was Grilla was saying over the phone. Uh, Grilla? Why, the big ape's afraid of a phone. What is this? When you called me, you said something... I didn't call you tonight. Huh? What are you up to? You got me off the ship. What for? You expect more money? Or do you have an idea? Oh, cut it, Bertie. I got no ideas, and I don't want more dough. You're the suspicious guy. Think I'm gonna cop the ice they brought in last night? You don't know where it's stashed. I wouldn't have to guess twice. Leaving that body up in Raven Park was a giveaway, Bertie. And it's right near that cottage of yours. Then what is this balderdash about my calling you? Mary, you think perhaps someone's pulling a fast one? Yeah, who could? I could for one. What, but, masked man, who are you? <laughs> I'd say it was the Green Hornet. You're right, Mary. So, Lydon, you're the guy who bumped Phillips last night, eh? And dragged his body away up where they found it? You're only half right, Hornet. I took the body away, certainly. But the killer's behind you. Right, Grilla? Tell him, Bertie. Here's a mug guy killed. That's it, Grilla. Hold the Hornet, Bertie, so Grilla can stick his knife into him. That's it. Hold him. I've got him, Grilla. Knife him. Ow! Help me, shoulder! You shot! Thanks, Copper. Nice shot. Blackfoot. No Blackfoot's gonna get me. Come on, Bertie. We can get out of this I just made that close. Both of you step right there, I'll plug you too. And you horn it over there. Where do you think you're going? Away from here. 
Take them over, copper. They're yours. Save a couple of pals and a boat below. Stay right there, Hornet. I'm taking you. Your ten minutes are up. Yeah, but my hands on. You've got them. Look at them. Point your gun at me and they'll jump you. Mark Bertie's packing a rod. I'll take the lot of you. He's trying to out-talk you, Bobby. Go after him. Keep him covered and I'll escape. But I won't shoot you. You know that. Now, which is it? Well, I'll show you, you fish-headed squabber. That was my gun, Copper. See? What did you... Don't move, you or I... No, I'm not. I'm here. My hands are up. I'm going, Copper. You've got help coming. I can't wait. Patrolman Kelly made one spasmodic jerk of his arm in the direction of the Green Hornet, but his eye caught Bertie's movement at the same time. That settles it. Keep your hands up. Stand over that dame. Now stay there. One thing I found out, you can trust the Green Hornet. All right, inside, boys. Hey, look, Kelly's got a pinch. Hey, who's that running out the side door? Look, it's the Green Hornet. Get down to Kelly, you two. Rescue after the Green Hornet. It was Axford who led the conversation next morning when he and Lenore Case rehashed the sensational story with Britt Reed in his office. London Bertie Leiden he was, huh? I'm glad they got him. So is Scotland Yard and a lot of other governments. He really wasn't British, you know. No one with an exaggerated accent like his could be. I see the captain of the Rexonia provided the link about the jewels being transferred from the ship. Yes. His mate saw one of the gang on board throw the jewels over in Life Boy to that Augie and John pair. Well, how did they work? It was this way, Miss Case. Augie and John and their crew would pick up a floating package dropped by a Confederate on an incoming ship. Then they'd run it in under cover of darkness to Lighthouse Mary's place. And as soon as they were due there, Mary and Grill would get a fight started to cover up the pair's entrance through the window. That's when the lights had go out. Phillips had gotten wise to that and showed it that night. That's why they killed him. Oh, what's this about the customers helping? They wouldn't know they were helping. You see, the best way they had to get the stuff out was in the pockets of those tramps and derelicts that hung around the place. Oh, you mean those men who provide the atmosphere, whatever it is? Like the ones who were getting out when we went in? Exactly, Miss Case. Axford was right. It was an act. The police were so used to their being put out, they'd send them along instead of arresting them. So when the jewels came in, a fight would start again... The gems would go into the pockets of the tramps who were kicked out. I see. And the police would shoo the men away with the smuggled jewelry. That's the idea. They'd go away, leave the jewels at a nearby hideout. Bertie would pick them up later. And about using the customers. That Braze and Bertie do that when he was with the most important people. He'd just walk out with them, carrying the stuff, and no cop would go near them, even if he suspected. Which the police didn't. And I think we had the story right there in front of us the other night. I didn't realize it. I wonder how the Green Hornet did. That's quite a story Patrolman Kelly tells about him, isn't it? Uh, I'm ashamed of that, Kelly. Him letting the Hornet slip away. Reed, it's a bad day for the Irish when one of their own gets so close to the Green Hornet and does nothing about it. <laughs> Smuggling ring smash, lighthouse Mary talks, government agent killer arrested. Read all about it, Green Hornet escapes after helping police. That's the Street. that's 
You've seen pictures of the sick, hungry people in Europe, I know. People who barely get enough food to live on. You've often wished you could help them, I'm sure. And you can. Through an organization called CARE. For $10, CARE will send a generous package of food to any one of 15 countries in Europe. You can specify to whom it is to be sent. Or CARE will choose a needy family for you. Simply send $10 to CARE, C-A-R-E, in New York, with your name and address. You'll receive a signed receipt showing the food has been delivered. Send $10 to CARE today. You've been listening to The Green Hornet, brought to you by Kicks, the ready-to-eat roasted corn cereal. Try it. Kicks is a winner. Be with us again next week at the same time when General Mills will again present The Green Hornet. These are George W. Trundle productions directed by Charles D. Livingston and edited by Franz Stryker. The part of The Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Hal Neal speaking. Tomorrow night at this same time over most of these same stations, the Great Horse Silver and the Masked Rider of the Plain meet another thrilling adventure when the Lone Ranger rides again. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.